you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Vega? Are you alright? Christine and April. They counted on me to protect them. Do you think I made the wrong decision back there, Tria? I think you did what any good leader would do. There was no right choice, so you made what you thought was the best choice. If I were Commander Shepard, I would have found a way to save all those people. Well, you're not Shepard. You're James Vega. You know, it's funny. Admiral Hackett gave me some similar advice once. I know how hard you try to protect everyone. Sometimes circumstances make that impossible. You can't blame yourself, James. Hello, and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, except when we're not discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which will be this week. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara-Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 42, and for everybody who's confused by that intro, we're taking a break before we get to Mass Effect 3. Get in, losers. We're watching Mass Effect Paragon. Yes, Paragon Lost, which is the Mass Effect anime. It is uh, an hour and 34 minutes, or 45 minutes if you buy the DVD, apparently, if you want to talk about that for a minute, uh, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, we want to what? say. Well, I think my DVD was misprinted or something was wrong on it, because when I first picked it up, it says, uh, late runtime, 45 minutes. Then I looked at the box. There's also like it says Blu-ray 45 minutes. This says DVD 95 minutes. I think someone did a misprint of the Blu-ray part of it. Sounds like it. Yeah, that's funny. Because <laughs> I was very confused watching this. Going, man, 45 minutes. This will be a quick jog. I'll get it done real quick and then go do something else. I'm like, man, this taking this is a long 45 minutes. It, it is. It is a, it is a good 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. I wonder if somebody was like, oh, it's Blu-ray, so it runs twice as fast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it is an hour ninety five or now an hour thirty four minutes. It's available on Amazon Prime for about ten dollars if you have the the Prime Video service. That's where I got it. Uh, and then if you have various, I actually got it for a little bit cheaper because they have various little product coupons and whatnot. Okay. But, uh, I, I, yeah, so I got the uh, Blu Ray copy physical because I still use physical media. Wow, he's like so showing got, it off on camera. That's amazing. Yeah, it cost me also ten dollars with free two day shipping from from Amazon. <laughs> nice. I uh I bought it when it came out uh on the Microsoft Movies and TV app, which I think at the time was called Xbox Video. I do not recall how much I paid for it. And you can still access it through there? Yeah. Somehow we have not killed that. <laughs> which is good because I bought a lot of crap on there. So well, good. I also yeah. kind of forget that uh looking at this box, like it's like it says this is for the producers of Production IG, who did Ghost the Shell and Kill Bill Volume One. And I'm like, really? Was these like the interns of those? Because this was not the uh, best yeah. production values. And I've seen both Ghost of the Shell and Kill Bill. And I like. I thought those looked a bit better. Maybe just me. The, there's a lot of places in this where it feels like I, they cut corners, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it were they just like we're not going to throw our normal budget at you? But that said, like the stuff I would think they would have the budget. Uh, like for example, a lot of the voice actors that you would expect from the main series. 
were not were they were not available. They were too too much, so we had to get other voice actors. I'm very confused. But they have Freddie ha- Prince Jr. to be uh, Vega. So uh, <laughs> can like, you I, I, can but, you imagine if they didn't have Freddie Prince Jr. to be Vega though? Like fair. it would not work. Well, yeah. So let, let let's set this up real quickly. This is basically Vega's backstory. Vega is a character in Mass Effect Three who we're going to get to know. Uh, we meet him very early on in the game, and we will get to that next week. As I keep saying, next week is when we'll get to Mass Effect 3. Next week is when we'll get to Mass Effect 3. One of these weeks, it'll be next week. Don't worry. Next and... week, we're going to do Mass Effect, the tabletop game. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds fun, though. I should try that. It would be, actually. Mass Effect, the flamethrower. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so so this is sort of Vega's backstory. There's actually one point in the game where Shepard's like, so, you know, what's your backstory? And Vega's like, I don't want to talk about it. And yeah. you're like, well, this is this is why. This is what happens to him that he doesn't want to talk about. Uh, so um, before we get into that, I just want to kind of ask a, sort of a roundtable here. Is this worth watching? Yes. I think a qualified so. yes. Yeah. Well, in the beginning of the f- beginning of it, I didn't feel like it. I was getting kind of bored the beginning. But after like 15 minutes, I think it starts picking up and I'm like, OK, I'm into this now. So, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, like, yeah, I think it was for me, it felt more like about an hour in. I'm kind of like on the fence. I'm like, I don't know if this is worth watching. I kind of feel it's mediocre. And then when you get to the ending sequence, I'm like, what the? F-? You know, like, just like, I'm oh, like, okay. God, like, I, yeah, the ending really hits. And, and it, it, I yeah. think it, it justifies it. Yeah. So I, I come in with this. It's 10 bucks. It's not terrible. The animation is quite poor i'm i don't there's not really a nice way to say it i mean it's definitely it's one of those sort of like 15 frames a second like you can obviously see that they cut you know they cut budget on frames the faces are not amazing because um, of the background characters you're like you didn't even like finish that character yeah it's um also, if you've like, if you've ever like heard about if you ever saw the original dragon ball super for example the first like i don't know 15, 20 episodes of that, there was a lot of memes going around about the very shoddy animation. There's a very funny, ugly looking Goku in one of them. And this is not as good as that. Um, well, th- that, that at least got cleaned up in final production for the DVD. Uh, Blu-ray yes. release. The initial release was terrible. The final was like, done. This one's final yeah. also looks bad. And I mean, that's like a weekly series. So they were under time crunch, whatever, whatever. Like, it, it's not. But, you know, if you're coming here like, oh, cool, I'm going to. And production IG is good. They were a very good studio. Like, you know, you mentioned Nick, they've, they've done Ghost in the Shell. They've done a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the state of them is today. Right. I, like, because animation studios rise and fall. Everybody's into like UFO table right now uh, for good reason. They're putting out incredible work. But like, I, I mean, at the time this came out, I think that IG was doing, I don't know if they were the ones who did Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, um, but like they, they were still doing really good work. I know they were. I, I think Bioware also, and yes, slash they, EA. they did do Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Yeah. And I think that what came out, like second gig, I think came out kind of around this time frame. So they clearly like had the talent in the studio. I think EA or Bioware just didn't want to pay for yeah, it. They're, they're still doing stuff. Their last stuff was like Moriarty Patriot and uh, Ayoshi as well for 2022. So, okay. And uh, Attack on Titan Junior High and Nobilis, which also is really good, and Psychopath okay. 3. So, yeah, they, they still work on the good stuff. But, yeah. But, like, I, I guess where I get confused because uh, they have 
uh, Anderson Hackett and Liara make appearances in this. Yes, and none of them are voiced. None of them are voiced by their in-game actors. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe 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 Keith David is a little too pricey. I don't know what his going rate is, but he's you know he's he's a name, mm-hmm. and I and I, I forget who does the voice of Hackett, but or, or, but even like uh you know the voice of Liara, like I can't imagine like you know if if they were major characters in in the video game, I can't imagine their going rate would be that much more. I know they had uh, what Patrick Seitz, who's a known mm-hmm. voice actor. He wound oh. up replacing. Uh, also, to let you know Anderson. Uh, uh, Admiral Hackett is Lance Higginson, also, you know, Bishop from Aliens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I mean, Allie Hillis, yeah, Allie Hillis feels like you could get her. I mean, you know, I'm not, she's been in a lot of stuff. It's definitely not the kind of, I mean, maybe she was busy, you know, recording lines for the 17 Final Fantasy 13 games that were coming out around then. I I don't know. It could have been a scheduling thing. It could have been, honestly, it could, I think it's budget. I mean, I think, like, the worst thing I will say about this this film is that they clearly didn't have a big budget. It just shows. They spent it all on Freddie Prince Jr. That or those those amazing CGI sequences that yes. they interspersed in there. <laughs> yeah, so that was a funny thing. So I actually watched this with my fiance, who we're not as far along in Mass Effect, but it's not like, I don't. I don't think it's like wildly spoilery and it'll be fine. It doesn't matter. Um, but like I, w- I would obviously I would finish Mass Effect 2 before you play this game. It slots in oh, naturally yeah. there. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's not um, anyway. And she was like, wow, some of these backgrounds and like CG look really good. And, and like, yeah. And then the animation was, you know, the rest of it was not. Well, not that. I I thought the, the, the CG looked a bit dated. I don't know. Maybe it looked good back in 2012. Um, but it. It looked. I've seen better it, 3D in, in back in twenty twelve and earlier. So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I mean, like there, there's yeah. one part oh. where it's like everybody jumps in the Mako and they're driving and it's a whole CGI Mako. And I guess they're trying to be like, look, it's just like the game. But it's like actually, I think it looked better in Mass Effect One. Yeah, I, I well, did yeah. forget to mention the in my DVD box, I have a code for the multiplayer of Mass Effect Three that expired in twenty twelve. So, uh, you know, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm glad this is still here. Cool. That's like a weird. And, that's a weird pack in. Okay. Like who's I buying? Have a sti- I have a. St- I have a sticker with the Normandy. <laughs> Email oh, us cute. with your favorite character in Paragon Lost, and we'll send you the code for the DLC. <laughs> yeah, it's all you. Um, what is it? Is that does it give you the multiplayer DLC, or is it one of those like you know? fun bucks things because they had they had like uh, boxes let me read it for you thank you for purchasing an official bioware product please register your product with your unique code on social.bioware.com slash redeem for access to bonus multiplayer items okay so it's a multiplayer like item pack that's yeah. i mean that's kind of a, that's a nice little pack in like because i was about to say like anybody who's buying mass effect paragon lost is is not going to uh they're going to be buying mass effect 3 like day one they're not going to need a dlc code <laughs> Oh no! It's it's just really funny because I I got this now in twenty it's twenty twenty two now yeah this expired in December thirty first twenty twelve so this is almost ten years old. Are you saying they didn't sell through their uh, their inventory of of DVDs? <laughs> yes, not. This is literally made back then. I you know I'm impressed that somebody's selling this for ten bucks. They're probably because the write down on that for a, a literally like ten year old DVD like that's got to be written down to basically nothing. Like the asset value of that, you oh, think yeah. so? Um, cool take for them, but yeah, I don't. So now I've I've crapped all over the animation. Uh, the story is great, and I've seen a lot of. We'll talk about James later. We'll have an episode or half an episode for him. But 
I've seen a lot of commentary about how he's one of the weakest overall squad mates, and I don't agree. I wouldn't agree even if I hadn't seen this, but this gives him so much more depth. Yeah, well, yes. yeah, even, even in the game, I wouldn't say Vega Ve- is very weak. Like he's, I, don't, he's I mean, yeah. More, I it, like we'll get it to later, but like, I found him a more captivating human NPC than the first, we got the ones we got in the first game, and... He- Maybe no, I wouldn't say the second game. Like at least the first game, he's no Caden. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, before we go any further, I just want to point out here. Then we're all recommending that you should watch this if you have the opportunity. So yeah, at this point, at this point from here on, we're gonna start spoiling stuff. Yes. Beyond, oh hey, the Mako appears. So, um, oh, you know, oh, if oh, you spoiler want, alert, there are, there are some ships you might see in Mass Effect too that you I forget those little uh, transport ships. So, uh, spoiler for yeah, that. The, <laughs> there's some shuttles. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Go, as I said, it's available on Amazon Prime. You can get the DVD off Amazon. Go order it. You know, take the two days for shipping if you need. Watch it. It's only an hour, 34 minutes. Uh, hopefully that's not too long for you. And then once you've watched it, come back and we'll go through it. If you don't feel like watching it, that's fine. You can come along and we'll spoil it all in its glory. Uh, but uh, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to watch it, go check out now because we're about to just go full bore. So that said, um, yeah, like the thing about James like I, I, I had like one opinion of him starting to play through the game, and like I'm, I'm still fairly early in the game, but like to see him go through all the stuff that he goes through here, I'm like, dude, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> like, well, like, I, I just had no idea. Well, before I watched this, I didn't even know this was actually about uh, Vega. I didn't read the bo- ba- the back of it. I'm just like, oh, a Mass Effect. There's a there's a uh, human on there. Did strike me that was Vega at first because like it. Doesn't it like takes a while to look at a match if that's actually him in the game? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, you have to like, you have to squint kind of hard at his animated character to to draw that. Like, well, it it's like recently uh, when Cad Bane appeared on Boba Fett, and everyone was like, he doesn't look anything like he does in uh, in uh, the Clone Wars or whatever. He looks so much better in the Clone Wars, and they're putting up the thing side by side. And then somebody was like, yeah, because all the characters look exactly the same in real life as they do in Clone Wars. And they had all like Christopher Lee as uh, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and then they have like the, the stylized Christopher Lee from Clone Wars next to I, I, I may have to mention I have not seen that yet. So, hey, cool. I know that Cat Bane's in there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not that new. So, you know. Yeah. I've been busy. I've been tired for this for the show, but I won't tell you what episode or or why he shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense anyway, for the mo- series, so yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. It takes a moment. Like once you understand, like okay, like this is all very stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're like, okay, that's James. Like, I, yeah, it's like you have to put it through like a filter to be like, okay, that's what James looks like, and all the other people. I mean, they look like people. The Krogan in this, oh yeah, look bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it took it took me a moment to register. Like those, the, they, like they have to be Krogan just by process of elimination. They're not any other race. Well, they're like, kind of like sharks more than reptilians, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Also, like yeah. the. Uh, there was like um the Vorsha looked really odd. Like they were closer, I felt, but still their design was, just didn't transfer. Said, fiance was like, that's a shark dog. Yeah. Um and there's yeah. A, she was like, Oh yes, oh my god, yes. That shark dog <laughs> bit that dude's face like right off. Oh. Like, yup. <laughs> yes. Also, also, maybe it was just me, but the aliens to humans, the aliens were quite a bit bigger than the humans. And I was like kind of curious why. Like, sorry, you're like the same size, but like 
Uh, oh, the collectors, oh, the collectors were massive. Yeah, yeah they were really, the yeah, and their weapons. It's like, yeah, what happened there? Like in the in Mass Effect Two, as we all played, they're like the same size. You can go and punch them in the face. Here, you're like they're like Vegas, like up to their knees. It needs to like shoulder mount the freaking assault rifle that usually shepherds just one handing. I'm like, what is right. this? Right. Yeah, that was no, need- weird. I don't know what to say about that. I need to go back to Mass Effect Three. Just is Vega like super short there? Like, no, is, he's is huge. <laughs> no, Vega's a he's, huge person. He's a mountain of a man. I mean, he's not. Uh, he's not super tall, yes, he but he's he's he's, uh, he's, he's thick. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he is. He does not skip chest day or arm day or leg day or any no. day. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you, you you do see him doing some pull ups in the background when you're you know down in the cargo bay. So yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, let's. Go ahead and let's hear about what happens in the first part of the uh, of the movie set two years in the past, and then we'll come back and start talking about that. A squad of Alliance Marines prepare for a drop onto the colony of Fell Prime, which is under siege by the Blood Pack. As they drop in, the Blood Pack shoots down their shuttles, leaving only a handful of Delta Squad alive. We are introduced to James Vega, who takes over as leader for the injured Captain Tony, as well as squad members Camille. Rookie Engineer Nikki, Sniper Milk, Pilot Mason, and Biotic Essex. They manage to regroup and Vega heads out hoping to catch the Blood Pack leader in a one-on-one fight while Camille and Essex outflank their forces. The plan falls apart, but Milk is able to snipe the Krogan leader just before he can kill Vega. They capture the Blood Pack second-in-command, a one-eyed Krogan named Brood, and are debriefed by Admiral Hackett who says they are to remain stationed on the colony as it is valuable due to its pharmaceutical manufacturing. Hackett warns Vega not to follow in Shepard's footsteps. So I wanted to get that out of the way because I want to talk about the Krogan brood for a moment. Mm-hmm. Because I thought he looked like they were trying to draw Kenpachi from Bleach. That's funny. You know, that's Now that fair. you say that. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Death and Kai looks like Kenpachi. Not the same kind of like attitude, maybe? No, but the eye patch and then the way they drew his frill, it spikes out around his head. And it took me, I'm like, that's that looks like the guy from Bleach, but it's he's a Krogan. <laughs> but yeah, it 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 yeah, like that's that's the main my main problem with the opening sequence is one, it takes a moment to adjust to the anime style. Yeah. Two, they don't introduce everybody's name as early as they should, because like half of them they're they do that very obvious thing where they're like oh, Camille uh, Essex and like they 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 get everybody's name out of the way, but then like I think what the one guy's name is Milk. Like I didn't pick yeah. up on that until like Act Three. Well, also I had so to, I'm just, I, yeah, I did too. I also had to stop and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your name's Milk. Um, why so is your name Milk? We watch with subtitles on. It's M I L Q U E. Yes. If yeah, that I helps, that I, I kept hearing well, Milk. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that was bad. The whole movie, I'm like, I just, like Vega kept me in like Milf. Go do like. Wait, that's not what this. <laughs> No, I, I, I cheated like uh, one of the nice things about watching this on Amazon Prime is that uh, they have the little like you, at any point you can just like hit the button and see who the cast is and everything. Yeah. And so I got a quick rundown of like, oh, this is like it's almost like having like a playbill when you're watching a play. And, like, yeah. oh, OK, I can just thumb through here and get everybody's name real quickly. So, yeah, I, mean, I did that, not that, have that option. That helped. <laughs> that is true. But still, I still even like milk, even though I felt like M-I-L-K, I'm still curious why that's your name. No what? one's like, hey, this sounds kind of like the dairy product. And, well, I like, mean, are you just because you're a white, a white pasty guy? Is that why we go with it? <laughs> they want him to hang out with Wonder Bread Caden. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, there was like obviously the uh, famous Harvey Milk. It is, it is a last name, the surname that some people have. Um, 
It is weird, though. And I don't think I've ever seen milk like M-I-L-Q-U-E. That's uh, it's a new one for me. But I guess like it takes all kinds. The word milk, to- milk toast, as it's spelled that way. But then yeah. again, like, well, but still, that's yeah. not the last name. Well, I also can tell this movie was maybe kind of older, or maybe just maybe I was kind of taken out of it. But like the, the first movie meet with Camille, and then the I forget like, if that's milk or Essex. not. Essex, Essex, Essex. That's who it is. It's just like, hi. Let's start off with the sexual harassment before we drop. I'm oh, like, yeah. What, like, what is this? This is just awkward. It makes no sense. Well, I, I I think what the sexual harassment there is, it's shorthand for he's the flyboy jock, you know, kind of used to being arrogant and getting, you know, kind of just having his way with things and also get getting shot down repeatedly for it. Because Camille has not takes none of his BS, you know, yeah. or whatever. But like, I it, it felt to me like, OK, like we're going to give you these characters and we're going to give you a very stock like archetype for them. Like Camille is, is kind of a, you know, she's the woman in a man's world kind of thing. You get that impression. Essex, as I said, like the flyboy jock. Nikki's the rookie who mm-hmm. doesn't really know what's going on. Um, you know, then, then even more so than you got Mason, the pilot, who you know he he knows even less of what's going on because he's just kind of like he's like the guy from Clerks, like I, I you know like I was supposed to be off today, kind of I'm not really supposed to be here, kind of thing. Supposed to be you got James, who's yeah. got to be the the first day of being a commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have like the gruff, so, you know, captain who mostly is letting James run things and. Uh, of course, James you know, has to step in and, and I did enjoy uh, right at the beginning, like during that assault where uh, James you know, stuffs the whatever it was like a canister or whatever in his mouth says bite down. And he says, oh, I'm yeah, going to count yeah. to three. And then he just snaps his leg. He does not count to three. <laughs> the whole time the captain's sitting there like, no, no, no. And he's just like, I'm going to count to three. Snap. Oh, God. I, uh, that, was, oh, that was brutal. Oh, God. Yeah, because I, I remember the, them doing that to me when I was in, when I played basketball. Someone popped my arm back in the socket. Ooh, I remember doing that. Like, I, I felt for like, oh, yeah, I've been there. That does not feel good. I, I mean, they do a good job as far as as far as the animation is mediocre. There are some sort of visceral sequences mm-hmm. that they do have where you, know, you definitely feel what's going on and yeah that that part where the captain what's his name like tino or something was his tino, name yeah he you know they have him bite down i think was he voiced by travis willingham i think sounds right um uh, he they yeah they yeah that bites down you're like oh that's the biggest shame of the animation it's like if this had had you know more budget it had better like it would be legitimately just a good flick to watch oh yeah uh and i think There's, that animation takes it took me out of it for sure a little bit there's meat on the bones here mm-hmm this isn't, you know, and that's the thing is like, because it starts off, it starts off with uh, Milk and Vega having a discussion about choice. And you could tell, like, again, it's like, I think we're saying the same thing, like with Mass Effect 2, like they had a list, like, what are the things that we need to make this a Mass Effect game? They're like, what are the things we need to make this a Mass Effect movie? And like, number one on their whiteboard in like full cap letters, choice. Right. Like, we need to have choice as an important theme that. It resonates like, and then everything else, like, oh, v- we need vehicle sequence. Okay, we got to include that. And, you know, we need Krogan and like as many aliens as we can fit. I don't know why they didn't have Turian. That was the only thing. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that we, felt, felt out of place. We wouldn't have Solarians or Torians or really anybody besides Krogans and some we had the, Well, we had the one Asari. Krogan was basically like Liara Light. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was... like, like, if you didn't know anybody, you'd say this Liara was going to be in this film. Just looking at the cover, it still looks like Liara. It does, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they do say that at one. They just say that at one point, like, why do all Asari look the same? Like, yeah, one like, of them definitely racist, says that. R- yep. Racist, <laughs> um, racist, but not not in like the uh, 
distrustful way that Ashley is. This was more racist than sort of the benign yet still malevolent kind of. For sure. This is like a base level just racism. Like, oh, they all look the same. Like, dude, say that. Like, what are you doing? Um, Even if it's true, you probably shouldn't say it. (laughs) Yeah. But the problem is with the animation, though. It's kind of. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they they definitely and they definitely seem to go for like, yeah. The whole thing with with her was was really interesting, but uh, there was Vorcha, and yeah, there was Vorcha in there too, like briefly. Yeah, uh, who actually looked kind of normal, like they look like Vorcha to me. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, because that's the thing is, I mean, it's a blood pack attack, mm-hmm. and the blood pack is exactly what you expect. You know, it's got the Krogans in command. You've got Brood as your second in command. They never name the actual Krogan leader i don't think they do i didn't pick up on his name uh i think did they give the name because they they, they, brood is the guy that's the second command that winds up getting captured and then yeah then there's like yeah they they come in on uh riding on their little like carriers with uh with the varin and the vorcha and right i mean it's 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 the blood pack right out. i guess that's impressive i don't think he actually had a name yeah you're right i think brood because he's important he gets to survive because he's important yeah, so so um, yeah, so you get to meet the team. The one thing they do too is that in this whole sequence, uh, they show you one. They show you the the, the colony was it fell prime mm-hmm. that they're defending, and you meet Christine and you meet uh, Treya. I don't think they show you April yet. April comes later. Yeah, um, April comes much later. Like two, April it, comes it, later. Like it's not there yeah. at the moment. Right. Not much. Uh, like, but yeah, but, but post attack. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you see April and Treya as Treya being the Asari. Uh, who are in the, you know, like sort of trying to defend the city. And they're all excited because the Marines are there, even though the Marines immediately get shot down and it's not going well for them, but they managed to repel the attack in the end anyway. But it felt like everybody in the squad kept getting taken out. And I was like, oh, is like this just going to be like this one attack where everybody just systematically dies for the next hour and a half? And then like, oh, no, like nobody actually got it was all it was all flesh wounds. Nobody actually died in the opening sequence. That's funny. Uh, Camille is voiced by Laura Bailey. Yeah, yes. Laura Bailey, who also does Ariana from Lawson, mm-hmm. who's Miranda's sister. So yeah, kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah, it's, like if they could get again, if they could get that like Laura Bailey quality, like why? Well, why couldn't they, they get? Yeah, I'm very not just Laura like, Bailey. They also had Nick Manana on there who did mm-hmm. yeah, like Edward. They've had like uh, Monica we don't Rawls, talk like, about lots of lo- lots of famous. We don't talk about Vic. <laughs> Funny story. I've met Vic and I've met Monica in here. I know I've no known kidding. the person. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Wow. They're very well, Vic's interesting, but Monica's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um but yeah, yeah. It is it's very it is it's you know, here's a bunch of jarheads and their archetypes. Welcome, you know, meet the squad. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they basically kind of, you know, manage to repel the fight. And then you get that one little sequence where again it, it makes me feel like the the krogan you know the whole thing about oh the krogans have honor because like vega's like yeah i'll go out and i'll fight them by myself and then you guys will come around and take everybody else out and yeah then you know and then then, then brood is like all right we'll do that or no that's not brood it's the krogan boss that's mm-hmm. right because that's when he comes out and then he's beating vega's butt and then that's when milk picks off and just blows his head up again another visceral scene mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well we, i thought where, i yeah. thought i thought milk died i thought he got like killed early on because like yeah he's gonna snipe and then hesitates and then blip like oh okay yes i guess you're 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 not gonna come back oh you're fine flesh wound to the ear what what they needed was somebody needed to use like a med pack mid fight that would heal everybody from wherever they were yeah but 
the way that looked like he got hit in the head, it looked like he got hit on like the his like right his I think it was like yeah. right right ear through his skull, but I guess it just grazed in the other direction because right. It's not the way the force looked. It looked like his head went there. Like nope, I yeah, he's dead. Oh, I, fine. I thought he was dead too. They, you know, for for a movie where they they do kill a lot of people, like they they took their time about it. <laughs> yeah, it took a little while to get to the. I, I think like I thought they like clipped his neck. I, I don't know. Right, and like for this film, the entire time I'm wondering, like, who's gonna survive in this? Because I know most of you can't survive for Mass Effect Three, besides Vega, who has plot armor. Right. right. Well, again, especially if you've talked to if you if you've talked to Vega in Mass Effect Three, you know he's he's like, yeah, I had a really bad time with this one time. I'm not talking about like you know, like this isn't going well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not just not just that Vega has plot armor, but like pretty much nobody else has plot armor. Like it is literally only Vega. Yeah, I'm also still yeah. survived how they survived that uh, shadow crash because the way it exploded, I'm like everybody's dead. Oh no, it just he yeah. somehow can land that ship with just two thrusters in the front part. You don't need anything from the rear part of the ship. It's just designed to be able to split parts. Still kind of flies. Uh, okay, sure. And more people in the squad survived than really should have. Yeah, like the entire squad survived. Like I don't know. Like I think there was they they were Delta Squad. I think right. That sounds right. Yeah. I think Alpha. I think Alpha and Beta squads. They got taken out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's like there are casualties, but we don't really see them because the people we're focusing on are the people who are going to make it into the you know to go on. So that makes sense. Um, do we have anything to say about this sequence? Or we're pretty good here. All right. Well, let's go ahead. And hear what happens when we jump ahead two years. Two years later, the Marines have settled in on the colony. There are rumors of colonies disappearing, and we wonder about the new defenses, including a massive cannon that have been installed in Fell Prime. Vega has made friends with local Christine and her daughter April, and their Asari friend Treya, who he is interested in. An odd signal is detected in some runes outside the colony, so the squad, along with Treya and delivery man Messner, head out to investigate. They radio Dr. Liara Tassoni for her opinion of an artifact they find and determine it is not Prothean. They destroy the artifact, but before they can head back, a collector ship appears. The swarm penetrates the colony's shield and begins paralyzing its citizens. The Marines return to the colony, but it is now vacant. Eventually, they find a cluster of paralyzed colonists, including Christine and April. Vega and Treya hide while the collectors gather up the remaining colonists in their pods to abduct them. They decide it is time to fire the cannon at the collector ship, and Vega leads everyone except Mason to the control tower. They fire the cannon with half charge and the shot is deflected by its shields. The collectors come for the marines and grab Camille. Everyone else heads for the underground vault. Everyone makes it inside except for Essex, who stays outside to defend against the swarm and is paralyzed, but the rest of the marines do manage to recover his body. They discover that Messner is a spy for Cerberus and he's here to study the collectors. Nikki discovers in the facility an antidote for the swarm's paralysis. They test it on Essex, but it doesn't work. The collectors bust into the vault with a praetorium that contains Camille's head. Mason freaks out and is obliterated. Vega releases the imprisoned brood, who tells them he has a ship. They head to the ship, but are pursued by the praetorium. It injures Nikki, but Essex appears, with the vaccine having apparently worked now, and helps Vega defeat it. Nikki dies from his injuries. Vega shares a flask of terrible liquor as the remaining squad agree that they need to assault the collector's ship. Yeah, I was confused when the movie started and they're talking about Shepard being dead. 
because I'm like, wait, like when when does this happen? Like Shepard, like just like Shepard's dead. Like, don't they know like Shepard's alive now or no? And then, yeah, then we jump ahead two years. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like this must have like the initial attack must have just happened like right after Shepard was killed or whatever. Right. And now the two years later, this is when Shepard's going around working for Cerberus yeah. because, yeah. you know, obviously you've got the collector's out and about so yeah but the regular grunts don't don't know about that yet they're not sure they don't know that he's that shepherd's fine with cerberus all like vega knows like so remember shepherd for forever normandy with his badge which he made that quickly i think um they reference fell prime in mass effect 2 i believe um when you go to um uh what's the what's where where you meet ashley or caden Oh, Horizon? Um, Horizon, thank you. I, I kept wanting to say Horizon. Like, no, I'm just thinking about Forbidden West. But yeah, when you go to Horizon, uh, uh, <laughs> I believe one of the colonists there mentions like, yeah, they got Fell Prime um, or something like that. So, you know, I, I think the, the chronology in this is kind of annoying. Like, I wish that they had just put the year on there. Like, when the squad first shows up to defend the colony, just put 2183 on there. Like, come on. Just something. Yeah. Some kind of data. It's like. Right. And I was kind of hoping I get to get to actually see how the Mass Effect worked again, but still, it's like we'll go through it and not show you space travel through Mass Effect. Like, come on. Also, I liked how the uniforms like they changed the uniforms to these green overalls. We're special forces. We're here to defend the colony. Now we're all re- wearing green outfits. Okay. Well, I think I was to emphasize they had become part of the colony at this point. I mean, they've been there for two years, and this what you know, like you think special forces like they're. You know, they're kind of like, go in, do something special and get out. You don't think, oh, no, we're going to have a standing occupation right? You know, or, you know, you know, or standing protectorate of a, you know, a friendly colony. But it makes sense because even then, like, they start talking about, like, well, why do you know, they're putting that massive gun in and the shielding and they're like, well, why are we doing all that? Like, clearly, clearly, like, they're worried about something coming that they're not telling us about. And of course, we all know, like, oh, yeah, that's the collectors that are coming. because What? Really? Oh, shit. <clears throat> yeah. I uh, I mean, and they they do talk about like the problem is it's kind of a throwaway line, but they say like this is a pharmaceutical facility, and and one of them says like yeah we you know make a bunch of medicine, keep all basically save all the kitties. I think is I thought he said kitties like little whiskers and stuff, but oh uh, that's what children. I oh, is oh he said kitty I thought he said kitties, kitties yeah well. with a d yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I thought, I, I thought yeah I did too no it, it's children and you know they're making medicine to distribute to other colonies which is that is important I mean that's a that's a target you want to defend and. It would be very valuable for other uh, other mercenary groups to come and like take that stuff. It, but it does seem weird, and they even say this: like, well, why are we? You know, we got in, we did the job. Why are we still here? Uh, and they never, never touch on that in the movie. Well, it just, it's kind they, of they, they they do as far as the antidote goes. That's why the antidote is there. You know, yeah, I guess. Like, well, it's kind of I, 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 at least that was my interpretation. Was like it's not like that's I mean because uh, when uh, Nikki's on the I think it's Nikki who's on the machine there, like going through looking through the files, mm-hmm. um, like that's why they have access to that. That's why the, the, the they are able to synthesize the antidote there is because they have this facility. Yeah, that I thought like that that and that's why it was a that's why it was a strategic thing that they wanted them there to protect it because it is important and that's also why I think the collectors wanted to hit that. <laughs> Because they had their own intel that said, like, oh, hey, we should probably take this facility. Yeah, out. it just didn't feel, like, well-connected. I think this is a place where they could have done better. Actually, I don't even think the collectors knew about that, that thing. I think that literally was just mm-hmm. on their list. That's also possible. Well, actually, no. They, I, they, they, we'll talk about it later, but 
One thing that kind of threw me off this opening area, like, like you hear speculation about the Cerberus conspiracy, that's fine. We know what's going on with Cerberus. We know it's it's Shepard and them. But we meet this this little kid, April, and I'm like, my first thing is like, damn, you're an ugly kid. I'm very sorry. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. I even have my wife like, am I, am I being crazy? Like, no, no. There's something wrong. I'm not sure they, they didn't feel like designing her, but when you look at her face, you look at a close-up, it's not pretty. Did, did anyone else think April looked like Ken Pachi from Bleach? <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I I mean I think the facial animation just needed more time to bake or whatever like yeah, yeah it, it was yeah, I agree yeah, yeah I, I had the same reaction like I saw her and I was like oh that should be a cute kid and I I think by the time she showed up I was already like okay like. If you squ- yeah, like if you squint, it's fine. And yeah, I was like, okay, this is what the animation is. I'm not going to question it too much. I mean, she she seemed like standard anime kid who's there. I mean, she had the nice little relationship with James, where it's like, oh, you're the little, you know, you're my little private or whatever. Like, I got very confused because it felt to me like James was kind of like sweet on the mom, except like no, he's sweet on Treya. Right. So like, like he's way too like I I mean I I you know I mean he's a marine you know not, not that he shouldn't be friendly with his. Uh, you know the people he's protecting and whatnot, but it seemed like, like if he's gonna be that sweet on the kid, it should be because like he's he's in on you know going going in on the mom, not for he's going in on the mom's a sorry friend. I think he just thought he just like he just thought she was a cute kid and they were friends. It wasn't really into the mom. I didn't get, get yeah. that he was hitting on the mom. No, Although no, I, he wasn't. He, my he wasn't, my wife was watching with me. She's like, "Is that her dad?" I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure that's Vega's not her dad. Not that we know of." <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but uh, no, but what did you think of like the James Treya relationship? Because she didn't like obviously like she's all you guys shouldn't be here. Like you know yeah. you guys because like, they they go to the relic and she's like that's your your first reaction is to blow up the relic instead of studying it and all of, and it's like she's clearly got a chip on her shoulder and it's like what does he even see in her because she's got like uh, you know other than the fact that she's just a sorry and therefore just generally like attractive like. What like what would he have any interest in her? Because she's just giving him a cold shoulder the whole time. This is really one time that kind of agreed with Essex because, like, I was watching that too. I'm like, oh, you're into the- okay, you're into her. Why? Like, what what, what yeah. about her? Like, Perso always didn't seem interesting. Tractor's why didn't seem interesting. And I mean, like the other guys, like, of course, look, everybody likes the blue. And I'm like, no. What? I, like, well, of, of course, the, the sexist Essex would say that. Yeah, no, no Essex is the one who didn't say that. He, I thought it was Essex who said that. He didn't understand why it was like. like oh, it was someone else said that. Like, oh, I think it was like milk, milk or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the non the sexist guy was not the one who made the comment. Oh, Ooh, good for him. I uh, I spent a good Character amount of this. <laughs> yeah, I spent a good amount of this movie trying to figure this out because they have like it, it kind of. I think. My conclusion, and it could just be, you know, made up BS, was that Vega wants, like, he's he's one of these people that's just kind of likable, like, approachable, whatever, and she wanted nothing to do with him, and so he, more than just, like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, I assume that they wanted to have, like, a romantic relationship, but I feel like that was the under, or he wanted to have one with her, but I think he also just wanted her to like him. Yeah, like I don't all. even know if I, yeah. I couldn't even tell if he wanted a romantic relationship. He just seems to be like it didn't like seem like he was that into her. Just more like, hey, you want to be my friend? Stop being an ass to me, maybe. No, but know. like, 
Well, I'm going off the fact that everybody in the in the station there, when he's out there with her alone, and they're like, "Now's your chance, make your move." Like, yeah. And I mean, that could just be generic ball busting, but I feel like in that case, like they're ball busting for a reason to get you through. Like, oh no, he's kind of sweet on her. And I mean, it does. Uh, the assumption that he's into her does set up what's going to happen later on. That's yeah, because That's it fair. makes you know it, it makes that decision all the more like is he doing this for the right reasons kind of thing. I think he is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think I think he is supposed to be into her. I, this again is a place where like the subtext. Yeah, they probably got it actually because yeah, that scene where they're like, "Go on, make your move, bud," and he just and then they're like riding the the tram or whatever, and he's just standing there like an idiot. I I think he was into her because she wasn't into him. I, mean, I really think it was that simple. Oh, that's fair. That makes sense. Plus, a yeah. sorry, especially. Especially someone like him who's very focused on his body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could I could see him having that kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like chicks dig me kind of thing. And then when a chick doesn't dig him, he's going to be like, what? And then, like, right. yeah, that'll really get under his skin kind of thing. Um, what did you think of Messner? Oh, he, he like the second you see him, it's like, oh, well, you're shady. He's kind of a mess. Okay. He does have like shady guy beard. He does, like that and the not like, and the sunglasses, yeah. like those, you know, little like wraparounds. Like he, I mean, he looks shady. Like he, 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 yeah, he is wearing the shade, so that is shady. Uh-huh. All right, that's I two. Thought- that's two in like a minute, man. You got to slow down. Um, yeah, I mean, he just he's he's very clearly like portrayed that way, which is fine, I guess. I thought he was kind of like dopey at first, only because. It looked like he had the red jacket, and it looked like it had a Planet Express logo on the back. It does. <laughs> it did actually. Yeah. And so, like, I thought it was like, like, oh, he's supposed to be like, fr- and like, again, he has that shady facial hair, but it also could just be like, like, just kind of like a stoner facial hair, kind of like I thought he was just going to be like, kind of like the tripped out guy that was with them the whole time. I did not expect he was actually going to have more of a role to play. Well, he yeah, he seemed like he was just going to be there and then kind of disappear. But like when we like a. Uh, when they go take out the look at that relic, they're heading out for that, and they take his Mako, really bad looking Mako. <laughs> it does seem to operate like the original uh, original game's Mako because it looked like it's about to flip mm-hmm. over a couple times. I'm like, but oh it no, didn't, it didn't actually. That would have been. <laughs> That's how somebody should have died. The Mako just randomly flips over. Messner falls out, and he's done. Yeah, That's super funny. Like, yeah, because mysteriously their APC doesn't work right when they actually need it. Oh, go figure on that oh, one. I didn't pick up on that. That's a good point. Yeah, they had an APC, but suddenly it's not working. So they now need to use this Mako that just arrived today that the guy just happens to have. And of and course, it's going to come with as a result. Right. Yeah, that was like, hold on. And I thought he was going to shoot everybody because like when it gets over there and like the, the cannon just turns towards the entire squad. I'm like, oh, no. Are you about to blast everybody and destroy the squad? Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't happen. Okay. No, I, I thought. I thought that was interesting because, I mean, you have the relic and then they, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, that's when the collectors show up and it's, you know, you see the massive collector ship. And like, okay, like, and at that point, that's when it's like, this all becomes clear now. Like, okay, you guys are out here. The town is being taken over. You're going to have to go back in, fight the collectors, and we'll see how you guys manage to pull this off. Right. Uh, all if, if anybody over pull- Kind of, kind of. I mean, that was, I thought it was a nice touch that when they get back and like, nobody's there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they find that one little like area behind some of the tanks where there's just like a ton of people all knocked out and you're just like, oh, okay. Like now they're, they're learning. It felt like a good like refresher. Like maybe this was good back in the day. Like if you watch this right before Mass Effect 3, like here's some stuff from Mass Effect 2 that you may not have 
remembered, we're going to give you all the details again, like, because the collectors have their swarm that comes in, and then, yeah, well, and they come in, and they put everybody in the pods. The pods look super creepy this time. Yeah, they yeah. did, well, yeah. Before we get to that, we kind of skipped over the part where we uh, make short contact with, with Liara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, right when they destroy the relic, they make contact with her and talk about the the Reapers and everything. It was kind of a low point for me in the movie because, like, they do that and they talk to Liara, which, first of all, okay, cool, fan service, but then, you know, why is it... Anyway, like, where's Allie Hillis? Like, I I didn't get that. And why is it Laura Bailey? It's so weird. Um, Well, that and also the fact that... um, But they... She's her mentor, I'm like... Right. What? When? How? And also, at this point, she should be on Ilium. I mean, maybe she was. They don't say whether or not, but she should be off doing information breaking. How is Liara anybody's mentor when she, like, is is not very old for Nassari? She's barely over 100, right? She's, like, less, almost, you know, less than 15% into her overall life. Like, who's, who's the fuck is she mentoring? It's only been two years. It's not been that long. Right, exactly. And they also well, get- use this part to like dump, like there's like a five minute or three minute, whatever long conversation where they're like, and here's how mass effect fields work. And here's what Protheans are. And here's what Reapers are. And, or, you know, and it's like, nobody's watching this movie who doesn't know this stuff. I, I don't know. It felt really gratuitous to me. That's what I assumed it was like. We're, these are all just reminders for you. Like, cause you mm. should know this. Maybe if you've played the game two years ago, some of these de- details may have slipped your mind. I mean, we've all just played through. Mass Effect 2 for the you know umpteenth time it's fair. recently. Um, so it's all fresh for us. Um, but yeah, for them to just kind of go through everything. It, 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 yeah, I was a little curious. Like, are you sure you need to be going through all this? Because, yeah, if, if, you, if you're familiar with all this, I mean, that's the thing. It, it's, uh, it's all foreshadowing. Like, you know, as soon as the collectorship shows up, you know how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. That they're going to get back. Nobody's going to be there. The fact that they found some people still outside the pods, that caught me off guard. But like, okay, I know what's going to happen next is that the, they're going to show up and start throwing people in pods. Right. So, and those, and the way you were speaking earlier, like the pods, like last time I thought these places have been there, but they like open up and like almost eat you. It's like very like tentacly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Going, going back to Li- Liara for a moment though. I was disappointed that they like everybody just dismissed everything she said about the Reapers. Like a Reaper attacked the Citadel and everybody's just completely in denial. And I guess that kind of sets up Mass Effect 3 a little bit in the sense that they're trying to let you know, like, okay, like, yeah, Shepard's been on this anti Reaper crusade now since the first game. So it's been what, about four years? You know, you know, actually, no, I think three is only like six months after it's like two, a, couple, right? only a couple months. It's six months. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's really about two and a half years or so that. You know, Shepard's, you know, like the Reapers have really been a threat for the galaxy that anybody's been aware of, you know. And so it makes sense, like, okay, like they're trying to emphasize, like, yeah, nobody really understands this threat that you've got people here who should know better. You've got a al- member of the Alliance military, you've got Nasari. Like, these are people who should be in the know. And they're still like, yeah, Liara's kind of, she's kind of crazy about that. Cause even Vega is to, at one point to Trey is like, you don't believe that Reaper bullshit, do you? And she's like, oh, no, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not kooky like that. And right. Like, you're like, dude, like, Liara's right. Like, you guys are going to find out how right she is. Like, <laughs> and about not very long in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that actually liked I, I, that felt it was nice because it was kind of like a little slice of life of here's just a normal human colony out, you know, wherever on the edge of the Terminus systems. Um, and this is this is the day to day experience. And, and, and it adds a little bit more weight to that whole concept of 
despite Sovereign attacking and, and you know, despite Sovereign attacking the Citadel and all this stuff, to most people, it's like rumors, you know, it's fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even then, I guess, like, oh, yeah, there was a ship that attacked the Citadel, but it's not a sentient ship. <laughs> like what, what would that even be like, oh, yeah, like I, I, I can throw away a line of just like oh like a living a living machine just came and just took attacked your technicians like no they attacked the citadel a little more than technicians got killed yeah right so so yeah so so let's get a little bit more into the the actual attack there when they're sort of trying to fight back um what did you think of what happened to camille I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit maybe where she gets picked off she's on the yeah. one tram or whatever she gets picked off by the collector and she's gone and then she comes back with the, then they're all uh stashed away later in that one room yeah the, like the vault or whatever and then i kind of had it down as a scion in the notes i don't think it was the, the scions were like the walking things but it's it was that one beast you fight on horizon of all places i think the praetorian yes yeah, the, the praetorian, praetorian thank yeah. you yes that part right there was very creepy because mm-hmm. like We've seen Praetorians before. You know that they're made up of, of husks, which are made up of humans and other species. But this one was weird because everything else is like a regular husk, but she is normal and flesh colored and obviously who it is. I'm like, and it wasn't that long ago to when she got captured, like a couple hours, maybe. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like they just, yeah. Yeah. They just took her and threw her right in there. Like it was like no time was wasted. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it was, it was a cool scene. It, it doesn't, maybe necessarily line up with how like collectors operate, but it was cool enough that I just, I didn't care because like it it was, that was so creepy to like see or, you know, I don't know if they were married or dating or whatever their situation was. Uh, And for him to like, the dude's just like, well, crap and just loses it and starts running towards her. And obviously like gets zapped. Like, what's he going to do? I I, I mean, I, I, I get, I get it. Like at that point, all logic is out the window. I mean, that's like standard zombie scene fare. Like exactly. your lover gets turned into a zombie and you just go right out of the crowd. Like, oh, I can save them. And then, yeah, you're yeah, and you get only, gone. Yeah. The only difference is at least he had a quick death. That was <laughs> yeah. instant, yeah, instant dust. Yeah. Also, that makes it. I remember that shit. Those uh, Praetorians being kind of difficult. But Jesus, how much damage that thing was doing to everything. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> But yeah, they had like that green beam that they had that felt more powerful than the whatever laser is on like the ship that that Shepard encountered. Not that that laser wasn't powerful in its own right. I mean, it blew the crap out of the Dormandy. Right. But this one was like shooting through the ground and just completely destroying everything. Can we also go to the fact that this this uh, collector ship that right there, the one that attacked the Normandy had one gun in the front. This one has guns all over. Its sides open up with the weird green eyeballs that shoot laser beams of destruction. And it has a shield. I don't remember the last one having a shield. It was literally just a floating rock with guns. That's this was true. Like, I also have shields. We won't send that one after Shepard. We will send the one that's un- that's unshielded and only has one gun. Well, maybe they, they were going to send it after Shepard, but after <laughs> this, they can't. <laughs> I think like the wild thing about this is is maybe that other ship also had you know other guns, but it had like one main gun, right? Which was like the length of the, the ship's body. But the, yeah, like the side guns on this thing, first of all, very cool, like creepy standard, you know, Akira ass eyeball turns into a laser. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, like that's that anime aesthetic I love. But uh, yeah, each of these little like side guns seemed at least as powerful as the original collector ship's gun that took out the Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 
going back to the start of this the start of this attack though it just still was like a standard attack which they had shields on this colony which is good i'm like oh you're just thinking of defending your colony the swarm is like what shield i just fly right through it don't do nothing to me bro like no which I guess you, you still have to wonder, like, how early was this in the Alliance's dealings with the Collectors? Because, like, they clearly, they had, well, on the one hand, they were working on an antidote for the Swarm Toxin. So they at least knew that much. But then they also, like, they had no other means of, like, blocking the Swarm. And I guess maybe you can't. Like, you can't, unless you, like, encase your colony in, like, a, a, a literal bubble. And then, you know, th- and then make sure there's no way that a little insect-sized thing could get in or out. Um I mean, there's the one point even where they, like, shoot down the rubble outside the vault that they're trying to get into, and they're like, okay, that'll stop them. And then the bugs just get right through. They and just crawl like, oh, through, yeah. Yeah. Also a cool and scene. That's when, and that's where you get Essex Sacrifice number one, <laughs> where, <laughs> where he, he stands out there, and it's like, okay, I guess that's where he's done, but then he's not because they drag him back in. Yeah. So Also, this this uh, when the collectors are attacking here, the, there's that scene right there where Christine and April get, they get, uh, they get, Gets paralyzed with swarm. It, am I crazy and wondering why Vega didn't just pick up April? Like, if I gotta say, okay, you could get Christine, you can't get both of them. April's not very is not very big, small child, easily even paralyzed, easily pick up your arms. Mm-hmm. Why did you just leave him there for the collectors? We can't get him now, but you were there right before they attacked. You could just grabbed her, dragged her over to that little ditch where you you and your and your a sorry girlfriend's hiding and just uh. I think the problem at that point is you're still dragging around somebody that you need to be light on your feet and mobile and well you could still yeah, you could still take them where they couldn't be seen not leave them out in the freaking street in the open yeah. ultimately I think ultimately I think we, we know that wouldn't have made a difference and that could possibly have been worse yeah and I think I think like well, there his goal at this point like Vega's goal for for much of this was once the collectors show up and they start collecting is we're going to go we're going to beat the collectors we're going to get the people back and so like in furtherance of that goal like the more time you spend dragging people around the less time you're spending dealing with the imminent threat of collectors yeah i don't i still think it could take it to a safe location so that's like one less person to get i'm just thinking like if he even if he had done that well one then he leaves her like behind a tank like i mean i don't know i don't know because then then at some point he's gonna be like well now we've got the antidote we've got to go get her at least when everybody's on the ship, they're all on the ship together. So it's not like he's like, oh, like we, you know, because now she's all alone by herself behind some random tank while the collectors are taking everybody else. I, I mean, he doesn't know what the collectors are going to do necessarily. They, but they have that one joke, like maybe they're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, like, like what are they going to do? I'm like they're going to make everybody into soup. Well, yeah, but he doesn't know that at the time is the thing. Although, yeah, I, I think he, maybe if he had seen uh, Camille and her fate, Maybe he might have done a different calculation yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he didn't know at the time. I, I don't know. It, it seemed okay. Yeah, that also, one did I not did, take I, me out of it, at least. No, it didn't take me out of it. I was just I was just annoyed at them. Like, it was, I get the decision. I'm still kind of like, come on, man. Just, just make, put them in a backpack. I don't care. Get, like, the little hardest used for babies. Just put them in there, there. I don't know. But also, I also like the fact that, like, uh, Master points out, like, hey, we have cannons. Why don't we use those? I'm like, Yeah. Why did anybody use that when that ship when a giant ship comes out? Seems like the perfect time to use a cannon. Well, what was? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, obviously, it's you know, literally, it's Chekhov's gun. Like you show the gun, yeah, right. you have to fire it off. 
Um, but it, I think the whole point there was just to show off, like, oh yeah, look at the massive shields that the the collectors have. Yes, cause... but that thing was only it was like stopped because the gun was not at full power; it was at half power because they didn't want to hurt the ship that now had people in it. But if the right. before the ship shows up, starts attacking everybody, why did no one in the colony go, "Hey, giant gun, let's shoot that"? Right. Yeah, because there were a bunch of or at least military still there. Why were they not warming that? I mean, when that when that whole like Independence Day ass scene was happening, you would think that you would have at least a little bit of time to start charging the gun and shoot the dang right. thing. At least at least get it charged under the assumption someone will come along and hit the trigger, even if we can't because we're all paralyzed. But again, I, I don't think they understood. They didn't understand the threat they were up against. They didn't know about the the swarm coming in to paralyze them all first. Oh well, I when I see a ship that comes in and starts a shooting things, I'm like, okay, it's coming in. Just start shooting at it. Oh, just get right. rid of it. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But I think I, I I think they yeah they they clearly didn't know the threat is I think yeah the only takeaway there yeah but but plus it plus it leads to that choice there again you know the theme being choice Vega's got to make the call do we shoot early or do we do we hold off until it's fall and you know they, you know they did what they did so you know because that, that that then the follow up there is uh, when he has the discussion with Treya he's like oh I made the best decision I could at the time with what I knew. And, you know, and that's, again, that's the other thing is that, you know, you make the best decision you can at the time. That's kind of the, the, the you know, that's the, the, the ending to the theme on choice here is you're making the best decision you can. And then you have to live with the consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So then they go, they, f well, one, we find out that Messner's working for Cerberus. Shocker. I, oh, no, I, I was caught a little bit off guard, but I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it makes sense. Except for the part where Messner is like, I don't know, just like. Just shady. Just super shady. I'm like, all right, but doesn't Cerberus already know about all this? What are you, what is Cerberus doing right now? What is this, how does this make any sense? Like, I don't get what they're doing. And you never get what, that's the thing about Cerberus is you never get what they're doing. They're doing what's best for Cerberus in some capacity. But yeah, it, it made sense in the way that it's like, oh, like he was able to evade the attack. And at least you think at the time he's still working with them to like actually get off the planet. Like he still has a vested interest in his own skin being saved. That you know you're 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 you know you're you understand he's more than just a delivery guy. Oh yeah, I I wonder if this is meant to kind of tie in with what the elusive man clearly knows about the collectors and doesn't tell Shepard, right? Like this is part of how he got that intel because this all happens mm. while everybody thinks Shepard's dead, and then at the end of the movie, you know, they finally are like, well, rumors of Shepard's death are, are exaggerated. So I wonder, like. The timing here, and this is again frustrating. Like, please give dates. I wish so that yeah, we could like, tie right. this together. Well, well, then, like, it wouldn't make sense for the game for the loose man to send you to, to Horizon because he didn't have confirmation it was a collector that he has. He had theories. Did this I, not I confirm think he already? did, though. I think he knew, right? Like, I, okay. I think he tells you he doesn't know, but it's really there for Shepard to see. You know, to have an encounter. Like he's he's setting okay. it up. He's he's you know exactly like like he's playing. There's a long game with Shepard where he's like, look, I know all about collectors. I know how to get them to go ta attack a colony. I've got all this intel from Messner or, you know, whomever, other Cerberus operatives. But I want to show Shepard this and string them along to get them to where I want them to be. Go get me that human reaper. Right. Right. Yeah. So how did so, everybody feel about our new, our, our good buddy, the Brood, coming back? It was overdue. I was disappointed they didn't let him out yeah. the first time. I was like, just get it on with it. No, you no, know no. you're gonna let him out. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. That part was like a little dry. I'm like, yeah, just bring him out. Like, no, we're gonna we're gonna keep him here. I'm like, why? 
It's been two years now. Literally, guys, it's it's fine. Yeah, no, it, it, it was it was it was good to see him back. And it, again, at least that you know you've got a squad with an Asari and a Krogan on it, so it feels a bit more more Mass Effect, more Mass Effect, right? So and and, and Brood, he did a good job. I mean, you know, he gets them the, the the ship which they need for the next part, and you know, it, it, you know, he fits in. Like he, he, you can tell, like he's at least like okay, I'll be behave. I'm a, I'm on I'm on a you know I'll be behaving now. I'm a, I'm good. I'm a good guy now. He seems motivated to live. You know, which I mean, right. he's acting in his own self-interest. Uh, he's good. He's fun. He's very Krogan. You know, he's, yes. like, he's always like, ah, it's time to go, like, have an honorable ba- uh, battle, like honorable death in battle. And let's blow shit up and all that. All the good Krogan stuff that you want. Yeah. Right. I-, I love the part where you get to the ship. And the guy's like, you got any guns? It's like, dude, <laughs> I'm a Krogan. We love yeah. guns. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a they- laugh out loud moment. That was legitimately well, good. Let's come back to that in a moment. Let's hear what happens for the rest of the, the series once they decide to go and attack the Collector ship here. Rude pilots his shuttle through the eye of the Collector laser and they breach the ship. The Marines are busy fighting and Vega orders Brood to take out the drive core. Messner says he can't allow that and shoots Brood in the head. The shuttle crashes as the Collectors blow up the vacant colony. The crew awakens paralyzed in pods except for Treya. Messner admits he was working for the Collectors and needs Treya to decode a Prothean beacon aboard the ship. Messner admits to planning the artifact earlier. Vega suddenly escapes from his pod. He finds Brood, who is still barely alive, and his last act is to give Vega a power cell. Vega then frees Milk and Essex, who manage to evade the poison because Vega spiked the flask they all shared earlier with the antidote. They send the antidote down the pod tunnel to the holding cells where the rest of the colony is held. Vega finds April loosens her pod so she can get out when the antidote kicks in and she wakes up. Messner, meanwhile, exposes Treya to the Prothean beacon, and they see a vision of the Protheans fighting the Reapers and becoming collectors. Then they see that they are building Reapers out of humans. Messner records the information on his data cuff and throws Treya in a pod. Treya is ejected into space. Vega tries to catch her and fails. Vega and Messner tussle and Vega stabs Messner. Vega is grabbed by collectors, but Milk saves him from a commandeered ship. Colonists are now rousing from their pods. Vega is looking for Messner's data cuff, and Treya radios that she grabbed it when he threw her in the pod. Vega lets Messner get blown up. Vega has to decide whether to save Treya and the data before she burns up in the atmosphere, or whether to save the colonists, now free in the collector ship, before it crashes and explodes. Vega agonizes and grabs the ship's wheel from Milk. We jump to Vega, with Treya and Milk standing before Captain Anderson and Admiral Hackett. He recovered Messner's data cuff and Vega is promoted. It is revealed that Shepard is alive. They ask Vega to join the N7 program, but he is unsure. Vega and Treya return to the ruins of Fell Prime. They find April's doll and James has flashbacks to everyone dying when the Collector ship crashes. He admits to Treya he doesn't know if he made the right choice and salutes the Fallen. So I'm pretty sure when he pulls out those guns there, they're all like heavy weapons, aren't they? No, they're shotguns. They were shotguns? Okay. Was I thought some, some of them looked like some of the heavy weapons, I thought. They are heavy weapons. There are heavy weapons, but they also have the Smitter shotgun. Like the, it must, mm-hmm. It's mostly Krog, like the stuff you usually see Rex and Rex okay. is holding like a lot of Krog I guess it makes sense. Like very, sense. they're shotguns, but to like humans using them, these are freaking huge shotguns. <laughs> That makes sense. I, I did like how they integrated the powers throughout the fights. Like you see in cryo armor and like all the biotic effects get used like warp and uh, uh, what's the, the one, the one where they send the little ball or whatever. Can't think of the name of it. The, 
the lift one or the pull one or I think both. Sing- of them, there's also they? there's also singular- stasis, singularity. Stasis. That's the one I think I'm thinking. Yeah, of singularity. yeah. We well, yeah. also get to see like they- a, a drone and stuff from like the tech side of it as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. The yep. drone, the drone kicks ass. <laughs> oh yeah, I like engineers. Yeah. Fun to play and send out that, tons of drones. That saves Vegas butt there at the one point. Sure does. Yeah. Yeah. So they they do a good job of integrating all the the abilities there. Um, but yeah, then I was surprised when. Messner, like, Brood's like, yeah, okay, we're going to do this. And then Messner just turns and shoots him. <laughs> just because like, I did not see that part of it coming. That part, I, like, I, that like, threw me off. Like, mostly, like, yeah, it makes sense. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're, you're double crossing again, but what is the goal here? Why here, did you. Right, right. And then that's when you get the, you know, you get everybody in the pods on the ship. And that's where you get the payoff to the sequence earlier when everybody, when they're sitting around and they're passing the flask and it's that sort of like everybody's buying in moment, right? And they're passing the flask. And then like, oh no, the payoff to that is he just fed everybody the antidote. Like that made a ton of sense. Yeah. I was kind of like, how are they going to get out now that they're, they're paralyzed? Oh, they have the yeah. antidote. Oh, okay. That's a smart idea, Vega. Good idea. Yeah. Dangerous, yeah. but yeah. good. Oh, I, I I don't think we mentioned a fact that also that the percentage of this formula was sixty nine percent. Nice, yeah. So <laughs> Sub was really immature with that one. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I, does that? I mean, it doesn't predate the very good number, but I feel like the meme nature of it has only grown since 2012. So I, you know, maybe the writer was just like, this seems like a high number, but still reasonably risky. Probably not, huh? They knew what they were doing. They knew yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, this is part where, like, or, or Mesner, you meet Mesner, like, yeah, we're working, I'm working with the collectors, and I'm like, I'm here to find out all their information, what they're doing, and everything else, and I'm like, aren't there, like, four collectors right over there, listening into your conversation? What? This part really felt like it went a little bit off the rails for me because they were trying to like explain Messner's role in all this. And I never felt like it entirely made sense. And it wasn't obvious like who he like, wait, are you working for Cerberus? Are you working for the collectors? Are you pretending to work for the collectors force? Like, what the what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. He, he was like one level in too deep over his head. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I was made no sense. I'm like, all right. And then he's like. Hey, we have this Profian thing on this ship. We don't get why it's here. Uh huh. You don't. And it's so like it's another like little because like oh the reap the reapers they were behind this. They turned the Protheans into collectors. Aha! Uh-huh. And then the collectors are just going like yeah okay whatever. Yeah. They both talk about it really loudly, not very hush hush. But that's not what caused the collectors to be mad at Messner. No, it's because he let a bunch of Marines inside the ship. Which which he did. He did, yeah. he did. <laughs> no, again, I thought that was like a little bit of like, here's just some exposition that you may have forgotten about. Because again, like any, yeah, anybody watching this should know about the, uh, you know, the Prothean beacons and stuff. I was just disappointed we didn't get the standard, it's a Prothean beacon, here's the gibberish with the meat and the, the machine images that, uh, you know, we were standard in Mass Effect 1. I thought that's what they were going to see. It was nice that they got a little animated sequence. And then they went back to it again for, like, more animated sequence. Like, here, we're going to show, you know, show you even more about what's going on with the Protheans and the and the Reapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of justified Treya's existence in this thing, other than just being, like, Vega's quasi-love interest. Like, okay, like, here's an actual role for her. Yeah. Oh, and then the- also love those bodies around there that Mesner's like, yeah, I had to try it out. And they all, like, freaking showed it out somehow. I'm like. Oh, yeah, he, he turns into just a complete piece of garbage. Yeah. 
yeah, when 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 he finally dies, it's like yeah, he that that's just desserts for him. Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 I did like the sequence where Treya grabs his bracelet and then gets thrown in the pod and then the pod yes. gets ejected and like Vega's like trying to stop it and just fails miserably. <laughs> that was good. Like that was a good cuz you see him you do it you're like, "Oh, that's smart. Cool." Like I wouldn't have never I would have never thought of that and uh it doesn't work. It doesn't no. shit. I mean, it was clever. Like it just wasn't enough. I, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Like, I, 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 this is like one of the things I like about this movie. I, I feel like the plot is really well written because it does show Vega's making choices. And, and to go back to like that whole theme of choices, he keeps making these choices. Not all of them are bad, but definitely not all of them work. I mean, they go on and they definitely reference like going on a suicide mission. Like, the, it, you know, yes, it's right on the borderline of, of feeling kind of too in your face about it. But I think it lands or at least it landed for me. Um, but yeah, he, he'll, he'll make choices and they don't always work. Yeah. He's a football coach that he's going for it on fourth and one and he calls the wrong play, maybe. Uh, like fourth and one was the right call there. Your field position, winning percentage, all that stuff. But yeah, you just didn't quite execute properly and you didn't get it. But Aaron Donald shows it, up and ruins your whole life. And you had a guy wide exactly. open for a touchdown that would have won the game. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. Yes, anyway. I'm, I'm still fuming about that. So uh... <laughs> anyways, non-football talk. Non-football. But yeah, he is. He's going for it on fourth and one. And he's playing the odds, right? Like the, the analytics or whatever. It's like, well, you have a 60% chance. Yeah, but you also have a 40% chance of just this not working out, much to your detriment. Yeah. Right. Uh, separate from that, during that flashback sequence, one thing I noticed is they show the collector base. Nothing weird. The strange part in there was it looked like at least 10, maybe 20 collector ships like the one that attacked Shepard plus the one that's attacking now. So there were, I always thought for the longest time there was only one collector ship. I'm like, man, that's gotta be inefficient. Because every time, like, I always thought that was one because every time Shepard got attacked, it was always the same ship that was attacking the same. There's, signature. yeah, there's like a one or two throwaway lines in Mass Effect 2 where they, they say, oh, that's the same collector ship that attacked the original Normandy. Like, the, you know, clearly alluding to there's multiple collector ships. And there's another place in there too where somebody says, like, it's, the same ship or like this the the uh harbinger has a hard on for uh, going after shepherd so they like try to tell you like yes there are you know some many collector ships whatever 10 20 however many you just only ever get to hang out the one because that's where harbinger lives and harbinger would very much like to ruin shepherd's day yeah i wish we had Gone over that when we had our discussion about how many people they could fit on that ship. That's a good because point. If there's multiple ships, that changes the math. It does. That's that's what that's the one it's thing true, that yeah. confused me because it sounded like it's the same ship meant they only had one ship. That's the way I took away right. from the game. But then seeing this, I'm like, oh, you had multiples. So when Shepard attacks I, your base, you send one of them, not multiple, just in case. Really? Well, the the question becomes a good point. The, the, I think the question becomes one that. Are the other ships at the base when Shepard attacks it then? Or are they still out in the universe? In which case, they're still out in the universe, which means there are collectors hanging around. And maybe without the, you know, the, the Reapers controlling them through their base, uh, you know, Harbinger loses control or whatever of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just kind of free, free agent collectors now <laughs> trying to figure out what they do with these giant ships that can hold a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, or the other thing is, yeah, they, they, they were all docked. And for whatever reason, yeah, they only sent the one after Shepard because like, this, that's this ship's entire purpose. Because I legit, I legit, I didn't even pick up on that when they like. I thought every time they said it's the same collector ship, I thought they just like 
they were just acknowledging, like, oh, yeah, this is the same ship. Therefore, there's only one collector ship. And so I thought this was the same collector ship, too, even though it was doing some different things. I was like, oh, we just didn't see the eye cannon or, or whatever you right. know, in, in the game. And then, like, at the end when it blows up, I'm like, that's not the same collector ship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or they're very good at repairs. <laughs> very good. Take from cinders and dust into fully working ship of uh, mag- massive magnitude. Yes. Recycling. The Reaper's no pass. Mm-hmm. That's actually more impressive than Cerberus rebuilding Shepard. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I guess there are multiple, but it, it does raise a few other questions for sure. And yeah, where the hell are the rest of these collector ships? Why do we never see them again? Why aren't they part of the... Yeah. 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 It's a little odd. But but it's also impressive then because it's like... Okay, so Vega and Shepard are probably the only two people who have taken out a collector ship. I mean, Shepard took out an entire collector base, but still... The ship that went after Shepard and the ship that went after Vega are both gone now. Yeah. They're the mm-hmm. only two people that have done that. And like you get no idea like when when Shepard and Vega are interacting on uh, you know and you know just talking like this is something you guys should be talking about more. Be like, "Hey, right. you know, you, well, t- you took out a collector base. I took out an entire collector ship." Also like, hey, also also like uh when Shepard took out the base, he at least had weapons and everything ready for that. He had a fully working ship when he attacked it. Vega had a barely working Krogan ship that's been sitting there for two years and then a crashed shuttle that was also yeah. barely working. Most of his crew, not superhuman agents like the Trevor's crew is, just normal Marines and a bunch of civilians and destroys the ship. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the civilians, but you know. Yeah. Well. Oh um, God, we haven't. Yeah, oh, we'll talk about we this haven't gotten there yet. We're gonna we'll, get there. We we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, that's... yeah. He. I mean, this is this is like why I feel like it, this is why I would say, hey, this is absolutely worth your time to watch. Is it really transforms Vega? Like Vega's a badass. Yeah, a- and he doesn't get as much of that moment in the spotlight uh, in Mass Effect Three, and I, I feel like the game really undersells like what an absolute badass he is because he's he's up on like Shepard level. He's yes. I mean, he comes across as kind of a dick in all honesty. Like I was like, what's like, what's this guy's attitude? I mean, you know, he starts calling Shepard like loco or whatever, or at least that's what yeah. I think was one of the ways your dialogue can play out. And it's like, you're like, okay, like there's something up with this guy, but I don't like. He just comes across as like it kind of, you know, just whatever, he dude. Like, like get a, over yourself. It's like right. He seems oh, no, like he's a, actually justified in being over him. Like he, he he's done some shit when you <laughs> meet him in three. Yeah, he seems like he seems just like a big meathead with a with kind of an attitude problem. And the why of that, you know, I, it, it doesn't come across as well as if you've actually seen this flick. Yeah. Yeah. But like getting to this, like before we we're talking about it earlier, it's like right now, once again, they've started to destroy the ship. They've have have a uh, Treyas going out there, falling through, falling through the atmosphere. The ship's falling into the atmosphere. They're all turning red, not to explode. The Vega and them's got the ship. They're ready to fly. I've seen this. Ah, well, goodbye, Daxonia Trey. Trey is gonna die. Right. He's gonna save all the civilians. Everything's gonna be like it's gonna be sad. But hey, April can't die. She's a child, you don't kill a kid in this. You can't. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like April. You have to protect April. Like that's like I, I was. I, I actually had to watch that sequence because you watch everything like explode and then it cuts to him at the not in front of the in front of the alliance council and then you then you understand what happened i didn't let it get that far i watched everything explode and i was like 
what just happened? And I watched it again, and I'm like, I still don't understand what happened. Who did, like, did he save everyone? Did like, they get off? Like, why didn't you see them flying away from the collector? Yeah. Right, yeah. Here's the wild yeah. thing, too, is you see that. You see him in front of uh, the, um, like, the admirals or whatever, uh, the Alliance brass. And then they show him, like, going back to Fell Prime with, uh, with Treya and, uh, um, what's his face? And he starts milk. running yeah, milk and he's like, sorry, I don't know why I forgot. I, milk is such a, it's such a milk toast oh, name, yeah. but yeah. So they show him running. Right. And he's like crying. He's really upset. Uh, and then there's like that weird sort of scene and he flashes back. Yeah. And I thought for a hot second there that what was going to happen is he was going to flash back and it was all going to be like, this is what would have happened if you had made yes. the wild decision to save Treya, which of course you won't. Uh, no, that is not I what know. they well, know. No. I, I actually, I actually wrote in my notes. He saved scum. They answered that's, what, I thought I was that's what he had done. <laughs> I'm like, did he just save scum? <laughs> yeah. And then he went back and like, it's like, oh no, like, I, I, like yeah, because like, this, yeah, it's like, okay, well, this, we're gonna play out this decision, but we're not actually gonna make it. And right. Then, like he was all like, he's all running through it in his head real quickly, and then he was gonna make the other decision, and like, no, no, he just, you just watch April and her mom just like crushed by a crying. fucking boulder. Yeah, it's and you're just like, like oh my god, yeah, and just see that doll, and then going back and seeing them just like. Faye left us. We're gonna die. Like, oh, cool. Fake emotions. Did need these today. Like her, April, and uh, like her mom, like hugging her, and and her mom's just like, "We're it's okay. We're going home." It's like, good God. Yeah, it's grim, and that's why Vega is kind of a jerk because he's he's messed up. I mean, he went through some shit. Yeah, yeah, and that's. That's what I liked about the end sequence mm-hmm. is like you go back and look at some of the s- decisions Shepard's had to make, like, you know, the Caden Ashley scenario. Even we've talked pretty lo- lo- loosely about like, you know, when do you get Legion versus how much of your crew do you save in Mass Effect 2? I think that's a little more akin to this because you're losing multiple people. In one, I think this is but, but worse. It, it, oh, no, this is absolutely worse. I'm, not, brutal, I'm saying it's yeah. more, more akin, but still still way worse. But like at no point does like Shepard ever like really grieve over the loss of either Caden or Ashley. Like, and the problem is I think when you talk to most players, like, well, who did you save people either like Caden or they like Ashley, or they're kind of disinterested in both of them. I have yet to meet somebody who's like, Oh my God, Caden and Ashley were my two favorites from mass effect one. And I had to choose. (laughs) And that was the most wrenching decision I've ever had. Yeah. Like at best you liked one of them. Like, and, and so it was never really a difficult decision, but like this this was a difficult decision. Well, the fact, and like, you just think about who's who died in there. It's not just a hundred civilians would die, which is a lot. It's people he has. They, he spent two years working, living oh, yeah. with these people. His commanding officer is over. It was there with Thetty James to come save them. It, like little child, like who basically like said, "Those are private." Like, yeah, ah. those science guys with the glasses. Yeah, yeah like uh, yeah, like everybody from the community was there, and. There yeah, is, I mean, so it's, it's it's easy to put that like crux on like April's the emotional fulcrum, but you're absolutely right. Like there, it was way more than just that. Like it's not like if a- April wasn't in there, it's not like it makes the math any easier. Yeah, I mean, and no, like, yeah. like 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 before in End of Mass Effect Two, we lost millions of of Batarians, uh, but those are like faceless numbers to us. It's a lot. It's a large number, but we never met any of them. We lost, and like some of the yeah. decisions in the game were like you 
either had to save a military target or a civilian base. And if you let the civilian base get destroyed, you didn't meet any of the people there. You don't even know who's there. You didn't there, have... have faces. We've talked to them. Right. I was. It's funny yeah. you bring that up because I was just thinking about that. There, that little throwaway side mission in Mass Effect 2 where it's like, uh, you can only stop one. Like, there's two missiles going for two different targets. You got to pick which target you're going to let survive. And like, I, we talked about like the morality of a decision, what makes sense, you know, what's the right thing to do. But it's it's much easier when it's faceless. Like for him to to be like, I'm going for the intel. I'm going to save Treya. And I I really feel like he didn't save her to save her. No. no, right? Like it makes it pretty clear that, like, yes, yeah, saving her is good. I mean, he even says to her right at the end of this. Uh, she says to him, um, "You know why?" She says, "Why do you save me?" And she just and he says, "Well, at the time, I thought I was making the best decision, and now I, I, I just don't know." Like that's brutal. Like, yeah, I yeah. saved you, but I mean, I- well, in, in the scheme of things, I don't think his information helped Shepard at all. Like, it's too late by now, probably. Well, help, exactly. Yeah. Maybe help the alliance. So, you know, I don't know. But I mean, well, he's maybe. pissed about that well, too. Like, maybe it helps them chase down all those rogue collector ships that we we're talking about. Maybe. Earlier. And yeah. they they even tell him like you know like one of the lines that they say is like, well, it'll help us develop weapons and stuff. And like he's pissed about that. And this is a place. Yeah. God, I wish the animation in this was was better because I think there's so much subtext that's lost on them just not having the budget to do those nice subtle facial animations because. Th- that line sticks with him and they do the the way they make up for that is just by having that play back in his head as he's sort of running basically it's like trying to run through the pain right yeah uh but but in his head it's so obvious like he's just like who fucking cares about weapons I, like hundreds of my friends died like hundreds of my friends and That's- my my city that i live with like, like my colony that i live with are dead because of me it's right savage he, he saved that intel so that he could prevent this happening to other colonies and ultimately, that's not how it's going to be used. And part of that, like, he, it was beyond his control. He didn't know that Shepard was going to go blow up an entire collector base to kind of end the threat at its source. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a little bit out of your control, you know. But no, it's like, yeah. oh, no, instead we're going to take this information and use it to make weapons? But, like, that's, you know, yeah, like, I know but like, bittersweet at best. Considering yeah. how Mass Effect 2 goes and, like, ideas are different from Mass Effect 3, I thought they did. They weren't going to get this intel. It was going to be gone. And luckily, we have these civilians. Like, oh, yeah. And then we sure, have yeah. discussions like, well... It's like, it was nice to save that, but what if he'd got this intel? But no, he actually gets it. I'm like, oh. Which, oh. like, here's the funny thing. This ties right into the title. Paragon lost. You're not getting Paragon points for that decision in Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. That's the renegade decision. That's the screw all the screw all these people, like hundreds of lives. Forget it. I want the valuable military asset. You're right. <laughs> It's all about the war resources in Mass Effect. I, I, I mean, I, I, I really should have <laughs> seen that coming. This, baby. With, uh, that's it. Also explains why a lot of the text on the back of this box is red. So <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. See, that's a cute art decision. Uh, but it's, I'm just like again, like like this informs Vega so much, and to know like this is what he's been dealing with, and like. You know, like, clearly he needs to talk about it. Like, he needs, like, he's, you know, that's why he's as much of an asshole as he is in the third one, because he's just, he's, he's got this huge chip on his shoulder and you don't understand it at all. You just don't understand it at all. A lot of fact, like, like, he, it's like, when you meet him, like, he's ready to fight Reapers. He's ready to do stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, who are you? 
he oh, wants to fight. Oh. He's raring to fight. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, who is this random uh, LT, right? That comes in or he's lieutenant commander. Like, yeah. Who's this idiot? Well, what's weird is like, he has this like shepherd worship. I mean, he's got the forever Normandy sticker and even Hackett is like, don't, don't try to be like Shepard. Like Shepard did stuff that like, no, like Shepard did stuff because Shepard is Shepard and you are not Shepard. Like, don't, don't try to like make those decisions. He actually goes out and proves like he's like Shepard tier. Yeah, he could be. for he, sure. He just, I mean, he, he reminds me a bit of Garrus in the sense that like Garrus would go out and lead a team and like you would have the noblest of intentions and still like most of the team would get killed. And like it's basically the same thing. Like he went out, he led a team. Most of the team got killed, but like he he is a, the leader of that team is worthy of being on Shepard's ship. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Jesus, ending though. Like this actually had more emotional oh. impact to me than a lot of mm-hmm. things have in recent time. Like this is a ten year old movie for me now. Like, but still, like this oh. hit hard. I'm like, ah, that. That's really why I wanted to talk about. Like, I, I was like half on like yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk about this, and then like yeah, once it, once it, that ending sequence, I'm like, well, we have to do an episode on that. Yeah, <laughs> this is too much now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because yeah, I, I I agree with you. Like, and and I watched this a long time ago when it came out, and just rewatched it obviously so we could talk about it, and it was fresh in my head. I there is definitely a point. I mean, I'll be honest with you, there was a point midway through the movie where. Uh, like I said, I was watching it with my fiance and I got up to like go get some smoked salmon and just went to the kitchen and she was like, do you want to pause? I'm like, nah, it's okay. I've seen this movie. It's fine. And, um, but, but this last, like the last third of the movie, once they get, especially onto the collectorship and stuff starts moving really fast, it's really impactful. Yeah. Well, the, the, the good news is that we should be done with Mass Effect hurting children at this point. We, we should oh, yeah. have any of that coming. It's all over. At all. God, I, didn't, I didn't think that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> when you say it like that, Nick, I have I have worries. What? No. But hey, at least, so at least they have fine. a memorial that, that looks really nice. Very nice memorial. So I, I have two questions sort of to wrap this up here. One, could Shepard have done anything better? Could Shepard have done anything different here? Or did, did Vega pretty much handle this as good as anybody could? I don't. I, f- I feel I like. I well, actually, I think that possibly Shepard, it depends on like, what Shepard has. Does Shepard have Joker and the Normandy? Maybe he could fly that fast enough to get all the colonists. And then, <laughs> like, Joker picks up the colonists, right. and then uh, Shepard grabs a shuttle, gets uh, gets Taylor, gets a good tail. Everybody lives. But but Vega is working with a it, with a inexperienced pilot, someone who's not flown before. Right. Well, if we touch that, we might have forgot to touch about. But this person, somebody who flunked out of flight school. Yeah. Yeah. Joker, top of the school, better asset than bottom flunked out. So yeah. he yeah. wasn't going with, with good with, with good material, you know. It's like he did the best he could. Could Shepard have done better? Probably, but not because Vega wasn't good. It's because he didn't have the resources that Shepard has. Yeah. Well he may I, yeah, do, yeah. and still somebody at least lived. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean he did get valuable intelligence. And and you don't know what the future holds. Like when he did he made the right decision at the time. So like I don't know if he made the right he made a good decision at the time. Uh and and I think Shepard would have had to make a similar call. And the funny thing is, I think like a lot of us, you know, a lot of folks who definitely play like a very hero paragon Shepard, they would not have saved the intel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is very realistic. Like, when you make decisions, you can't, like, repeat it. You can't be like, oh, let's reload a save and fix what will actually make it better. 
Right. No, your decision, your decision six. It's, he made it, and that is the decision he made. That, I mean, that was going to be my second question was, did Vega make the right decision? And I mean, I guess it's sort of like yes and no. Like, I mean, he made the best. He did what he could at the time, and that's really all you can. He made a good credit, decision. And that's, and, that's, and that's what he stuck with. Mm-hmm. And that's, he's, you know, he, he, he's going to be stuck with that guilt. I guess the thing is, if he had done it the other way. Is he as guilt driven? I mean, then it's like, does his life, whole life become like devoted to Treya in a way? Like in her memory, like I say, I saved everyone, but I lost her and I lost this intel. Like, I mean, he again, he has no way of knowing that the collector threat's going to sort of resolve itself without his interference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, the, yeah. the problem of hindsight is which is better. You never know until it happens. Right. The fact is, and, and, and here's the thing I mean, the credit to him is for making a decision. That's why it's like he made a good decision in the sense that he picked. An outcome that at least is defensible instead of, you know, doing nothing or, or whatever. Like he, it's like, it I makes can't sense. Like, like, yeah. I, I kind of think the doing nothing option would have been interesting too, though, where he just grabs the, 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 you know, the stick of the shuttle and he just kind of paralyzes yeah. himself there. And then like everybody dies, the, 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 the ship just flies away. Well, like, the middle option. You saw, you yeah. saw that option. That's what the flashback was. He didn't do anything in that one. You saw them. He literally yeah. didn't go and save them. He literally just let everybody die. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, the other option is that he just flies the ship and crashes it right there. It's like, I'm not going to make a decision. And I'm just going to not going to deal with that. Out. Then. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm Vega. This is not my favorite place in the Citadel. No, 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 no. So overall, I think overall, I think we recommend it then. So if you, you, you listen to it this far, it's still worth checking out for that heavy, heavy end. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting when you, when you like, suggest like, hey, let's watch Paragon Lost. I'm like, ah, eh, be fine. Be a little like, I wasn't expecting anything too deep. Like, maybe we'll get like a 30 minute episode, maybe 20 minutes. Nope. <laughs> I, I remember no, I, liking it too. Like, I remember I watched it and I liked it. Um, I definitely, it was like, I, I'm sure like I watched it on a lark. Like, I went out, you know, this was like 10 years ago. So I probably went out to the bar and was like hanging out and came home. I was like, yeah, I'll buy this, whatever. It's 10 bucks or whatever it was. Maybe it was 15 when I got it. And I remember liking the movie, but I definitely did not remember like how just brutal the ending is. Yeah. The only thing I'll note about the ending is that it ends with James reporting to Alliance Command in Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. And we will see if uh, we will start Mass Effect 3. What's Vancouver? Who knows? Um, it's about two hours north of me. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Can you can you can you record the next set of episodes from Vancouver on site? <laughs> I I have no idea what the border situation is. Actually, that sounds oh, fun. True. But yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm like not I'm non essential. I don't know if I can go to Canada. I have no idea what's going on anymore. That's true. Well, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up there because if we go any longer, we will be longer than Paragon Lost. So. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing. Thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also, YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, y'all can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, my handle is WD. That's the word double Y-E-W-D-E-E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV and all the fun things that happen in that game. Kura, where can folks find you? They can follow me on Twitter at Kurabaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara, where I should be making time soon to play some games, maybe even show this new Digimon card game I'm playing a lot, and uh, show you how that game works. Nice. What about you, Nick? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, 
talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also over on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know if you watched Paragon Lost, if you thought it was worth watching, if you enjoyed it, if you would have made a different decision than Vega. If Vega is now your favorite, most compelling character in Mass Effect 3, email us at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick. I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. Now, guys, let's start Mass Effect 3 and make the right decisions. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 